let's see if I can do this as a quick standalone episode. Um, very often, um, when I talk about the restorative view of hell, people want to know how it works. Um, if God simply isn't overriding uh, the free will of the damned by waving a magic wand over them and changing their heart, um, Calvinism style, then what is happening in hell that ensures that everyone will change their mind and repent and turn to God? Um, if we, and, and what I'm about to say, I'm influenced by um, Andrew Kronich, um, who talks about the difference between torture and torment. Torment is something that you almost do to yourself. That's why it's unclear um, in the Bible whether the fate of the damned is punishment or death. In other words, is God doing it? Or is it something that um, comes um, of itself um, that naturally comes from sin? Uh, it's, it's an intrinsic consequence of sin. Allah... Um, the wages of sin is death. You know, I think the answer to that is is yes. And, and the torment is, is, it's really coming from realizing that, you know, by their own core values and, and by their own true identity, um, their sins um, are sinful and we're wrong. It's not torment until they feel themselves guilt and anguish over what they did. Otherwise, um, maybe it's, it's, you know, some kind of uncomprehending response of pain to um, uh, some kind of external torture that one feels is unjustly imposed. But I think the real torment comes in when one realizes oneself the, errors, the error of one's ways. Now the question is, you know, if we borrow the example um, of uh, a Christmas Carol and, and, and uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, and I'm again influenced um, by, by Hronich here, and I want to respond to something that he said in a, in a YouTube talk. Um, um, you know, if we, we have the idea of Ebenezer Scrooge, what, what happens is basically three ghosts come and argue to him that... It, they they convince him that even by his own core values, he's living the wrong life, such that um, sort of Scrooge repents, um, you know, on, on his own. And um, this is interestingly similar to a lot of near-death experiences of hell in which they, in which the people who go there feel sort of convicted out of their own mouths. This is, this is similar to an experience that I had when I was, about about ten years ago, um, when I was much uh, when I when I was really engulfed in a kind of spiritual darkness, um, I had an experience in which I realized that that by my own core values, um, even that's just such an insufficient phrase. I mean, I I realized that that my my true identity was was elsewhere, and that was a simultaneously painful but also deeply liberating um realization you know i've 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 come to think recently that that god really 
doesn't condemn us, just as it says of Jesus that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. Um, God doesn't condemn us. Um, he, he, he only loves us, but we cannot, we condemn ourselves and we cannot but condemn ourselves when we see the glory of who he is, the glory of his love. And we see by extension, all that his love is not that that's the moment in which we condemn ourselves. And in my spiritual experience, um, such as it was, it wasn't really uh, a propositional come to Jesus moment. I didn't become a theist afterward, but um, in that in that moment, it was I, I felt tremendous guilt. But it was it was backlit by something much higher and something much more beautiful. Without if if if, if I which if I had not seen it, I would not have felt the guilt. Um, so. You know, this is what I'm saying is going on in hell is is basically someone gets convicted out of his own mouth. He, he's made to see the error of his ways, you know, even just with reference to his own self-understanding, his own self-concept, his own highest concept of right and wrong and so on. And you might say, well, where is it written that this is guaranteed to happen to anyone or to everyone? Rather, maybe they're going to be some holdouts who you can just never convince. Right. Not even God could convince them of the error of their own ways. Now, this gets into the key thing. This is the fundamental thing that's that's really, it's really elusive and hard to and hard to verbalize. But it's at the center of everything, which is the wrongness of sin. So, is sin wrong just because God punishes you for it? But if He didn't punish you for it, it would be great fun. Or is sin somehow intrinsically wrong? Because it's against your identity as an image bearer of God who is love. Is sin intrinsically wrong because it is unlove? Here, here's that question. Suppose that someone could could imagine himself justified in what he did and, and no amount of arguing um, to the contrary would ever convince him. And it, even though this person was extremely sinful, let's imagine. The question is, would would God and the love that he is and the life that he is, would, would, would um, God slash love uh, be objectively superior to every other value in that case? Because it's objectivity, the objectivity or the transcendence or the ultimacy of um, uh, God's axiological superiority um, would mean nothing in that case, if, if, in, in the case where someone can, for all eternity, um, uh, be convinced of the contrary. It means that, you know, from that person's perspective, it's not true. Valuation is inherently perspectival. And so um, if someone is able to value something other than God for all eternity as his highest good, then that means um, God's God's supreme value is is not is not objective it can only be objective if it is of such a nature that everyone must admit it sooner or later otherwise it seems quite empty to assert that god's um um again axiological um superiority um the fact that he is the greatest good is is of an objective or transcendent um nature um if someone can believe the contrary for all eternity, then the most that one can say of God is that some people will consider him the greatest thing um, for all eternity. <laughs> others, others won't. Um, 
And, um, you know, as to which God is, it just depends on who you are. I, I think that's quite unacceptable, um, uh, given the sort of philosophical commitments of, of, of theism. So if, if someone could, could um, believe that they were justified in their sinful behavior for all eternity, then God would not have that or and 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 righteousness you know but it's more than righteousness it's love it's the love that god ultimately is um it, god would not in that case have the the transcendent or objective superiority which we believe him to have if some people can believe the contrary um, again for for all eternity so it follows that you know if god is you know is transcendently the best, um, the highest good, um, then it must follow that ev everyone uh, must must be able uh, to be to be argued out of their sinfulness or shown by their own standards um, how how wrong they were. Everyone must be as malleable as Scrooge in the face of the truth. That's that's one way to put it, and that's what happens in in hell. It it is shown you know, that the torment consists in seeing how one's behavior was was you know, antithetical to one's true true identity or true self. I would say that that love is the affirmation of one's true self, or excuse me. Love is love is the affirmation of one's identity. You know that's we 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 love someone when they when they love us back often because we love ourselves kind of thing. So it's like, um, you know, they they affirm our identity. Um, as, you know, sometimes those you know how to put it. Sometimes relationships that aren't based on the right kind of love don't always work out. But um, and then similarly. Death is the negation of one's identity, but I think the the key the key insight here is that um, only a false identity can be negated. And indeed, as Jordan MacDonald said, um, every false identity must be negated. Um, when you when you love the wrong thing, you're inappropriately strengthening um, um, a false level of your identity or a, a, a false identity um, that exists in your psychological makeup. And when you love the wrong thing and strengthen your false identity um, or one of your false identities, then you intensify the pains of hell or of your future suffering. Um, because if you, that which must die will only be harder to kill and, and um, you know, involve a more painful death. Um, if you make it stronger with your choices during this earthly life.